This show is part of the Headstuff Podcast Network. Can you let me win? Just remember, I asked first. Welcome to Sister Pod, the RuPaul's Drag Race Reaction Podcast. My name is Keen, and I am all alone today. James was supposed to be joining me, but has fallen ill. <laughs> He's fine. He's gone to bed. Didn't have the energy for the late night recording. I don't think it's COVID. Don't know if it is COVID. It doesn't really matter. Uh, it's remote anyway. So yeah, feel better, James. Uh, we will try be together uh, next recording over the weekend. But yeah, we have a really fun episode. Today we're discussing UK versus the world. Episode 2 the RuPaul ball. There was 24 really interesting looks, some of them great, some of them not so great, so a lot to discuss. And I have a fantastic guest to discuss those said looks with. It's Irish fashion icon, Darren Kennedy. So I mean, what more can you want? Before we get into our chat with Darren though, if you'd like to support the show, or if you've been listening to the show for a while, and you'd like to, you know, tip your hat to us then you can absolutely do that by supporting us uh for five euro a month so the price of a twix uh and well, that's a very expensive twix for the price of maybe like a punnet of grapes because grapes are actually quite expensive these days so for a punnet of grapes you can support the show get all our free bonus content get all our bonus content for free is what i should have said so we actually We'll be covering Spain in a few weeks' time when that launches. And we've also been covering Holland Season 2, Dragula, all in the back catalogue as well. So if you're somebody who likes to keep their finger in the pie of all the franchises and want to hear an episode on every international franchise going, that's what the workroom is for. So support us in the workroom, five year a month, head over to headsofpodcast.com. You get all our content, you get all the bonus content from all the other podcasts on the networks, of which there are plenty. And uh, we're going to shout one out now. This is for people who wake up in the morning and play Wordle. This is Words to That Effect. I'm Connor Reed with words to that effect. How do the Victorians invent time? Where do all those pirate cliches come from? Should we all read romance novels? Why are kids so obsessed with dinosaurs? What makes the perfect detective story? What happens to culture and society in a post-apocalyptic world where everything... Has stopped. Words to that effect tell stories of the fiction that shapes popular culture. Listen wherever you get your podcasts and at headstuffpodcasts.com. Darren Kennedy, thank you so much for jumping on the podcast all the way from LA. How are things with you? Uh, very good. We've been rocked by an earthquake today, as you just informed me, but I was completely <laughs> unaware of. So uh, I'm glad to say all is safe and well. Uh, so we're talking about UK versus the world today. Were you familiar with all the queens in this in this iteration? No, I wasn't actually. So I was familiar with the UK ones, more or less, even though I really only got stuck into the UK version in season two. But obviously the okay. queens that are in this are the kind of iconic queens from season one that you couldn't miss. I mean, bag of chips. I mean, she's she's become a little bit of a cultural phenomenon of this year. So, mm. of course, I was familiar with her and Blue Hydrangea, obviously flying the flag for Northern Ireland. So uh, who, mm-hmm. who I have to say I'm really impressed with so far. And then uh, poor Cheryl, obviously, you know, sweet, sweet enough, but uh, didn't cut the mustard. Um, and then as for the international ones, not really. No, I didn't. I didn't know. Um, or oh, I knew Jimbo a little bit. 
and then um, God, I can't. I'm struggling even with their names. Uh, is it Pangina? Like them and Pangina, yeah. Well, Pangina is new to everybody unless you watched Thailand, which most people didn't. But yeah, so because she was a judge, so she's never actually competed before, so it is really new for us all. Yeah, and I have to say, I'm quite excited by by her. I think uh, I'm quite excited by her clothes as a man, if I'm being honest. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> most of the like the shirts and the the little striped jacket that she was wearing today, I was kind of going, I really like in these outfits. Um, but she, you know, she seems to bring quite a lot to the table. Very, uh, very polished so far. So it'll be interesting to see more from her. And who else? There's someone that I completely didn't know. Oh, is it is it Jamie? Have I got the name right? Jamie Jacquet, yeah. yeah. Yeah, from Holland. Yeah, and I don't, I completely unaware of of her. But I'm, I don't know what to make of her so far. I don't know what to make of her. I think it's just her Dutch sensibilities. I think it takes a little bit, a little bit longer maybe to warm up to to her way of being and then um yeah. jujube i absolutely adore always have done um mm. monique mm, i don't know i don't know she seems a little bit off doesn't she yeah i i there was there's a real sort of jackal and hyde aspect to her in the edit where it's like her you know doing the bitchy comments you know saying this is first time in drag look and then like being incredibly helpful to Janie with her look so it's, it's kind of like she's switching on the nastiness and then switching it off again whenever the cameras might not be running yeah but it kind of comes it comes across as like just a little bit negative and nasty as opposed to funny it is it, it is strange i am glad that we haven't we haven't got anything that's discernibly you know clearly her trying to give us a catchphrase yet so i think that's good because she kind of overdid that the last few times she's been on how far back do you go drag race have you been watching it from the start or are you kind of more the netflix generation i well i'm definitely the netflix generation but i've dipped in i'd say from season three or four um and i remember i did start watching season one and i didn't continue with it at the time so i've probably watched from season three or four onwards and then i mean you could literally just spend your entire week watching drag race now from every country and every corner of the Mm. world which is which is lovely if you have the time but um, welcome to my life yeah (laughs) (laughs) i mean (laughs) because every show has its own youtube like commentary so yeah my boyfriend is like how much of this show is there to watch i mean know your audience right um so you 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 know (laughs) the world of wonder crew are delighted with you um and i know there's a lot of there's a lot of people like you but i just i have to invest in one i can't i can't double dip i can't do this like cross-pollination and watch like the UK one at the same time as the Canada one or the Australia one because it just I find my allegiances kind of get diluted so I like to stay very Mm. focused um with I mean it's kind of like how I am with with my with a man you know what I mean one I don't need this multiples you know everyone seems to want like everything at once I'm like no no can we just focus and just see how this goes and (laughs) take this as it comes and you know and, and let's see what what comes of it and I'm the same with Drag Race. So to continue that analogy, this season for you is like when two exes meet and you're like, oh, this is a weird meeting of worlds. Oh my God, I never even I never even thought of that, but that gives me shivers. Uh, yeah, a little bit, a little okay, bit. Okay. Well, let's kick off the episode. Um, we're, we're meeting the queens after the departure of Lemon. Uh, and, you know, Jimbo is... Revealing the lipstick and shows that he would he would got rid of Janie and Janie seems kind of pissed but then seems to like appreciate the honesty later on so I don't know J- Janie Janie seemed to think that she really did deserve to stay um, which I mean I I'm happy she stayed but 
I did think she deserved to be in the bottom. Like I was, I was surprised she got defensive about that. Yeah, and I think as well the fact that she went on to turn it around like she did is quite impressive. I think though, you know, I think Janie strikes me as someone who's just very black and white and very upfront. And again, that's probably her Dutch sensibilities. She's not going to like sugarcoat it. She's not going to hide how she's feeling. And what you see is what you get. And I have to say, I have to admire that. Yeah. Um, I do wonder how much gameplay is going to be in there. But at the moment, she kind of feels like the outlier. She hasn't got, like, obviously, she, she's the only person from her country. She hasn't got any allegiances or alliances from what we can see. And she's doing her own thing. Um, I honestly, I wanted Lemon to stay. Um, I just warmed to Lemon. And I didn't know Lemon from before. I just warmed to her a little bit more. Um, and listen, that's the way that's the way the 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 knife the sword fell yeah you know and that's that's how these reality shows work i mean i've been on the other side of it you just you just never know <laughs> exactly and i mean someone who has really sort of established themselves as being ballsy blue ballsy one might say is blue like asking jimbo did she throw the lip sync then you know uh, she had some more comments like throughout the whole episode like she's really like not shy of you know throwing out that controversial question for the reality TV viewer. That's the Northern Irish, isn't it? Yeah, Straight go. up, say it like <laughs> it is. And I just, I kind of get the sense with Blue as well that she's uh, she's quite unfiltered, but she's very clever. She knows what she's doing. And she's, um, I, I think she, you know, is she doing it to throw the cat among the pigeons or is she doing it because she knows it's guaranteeing her airtime? Either way, She's, you know, she's getting herself out there. I think she delivers as well. I mean, I loved um, the the three-way dance that she did in episode one. I just thought that was brilliant. Yeah. It was so clever. Yeah, it was. Um, and then, you know, in this episode, uh, I just think she, she's coming across as really strong and actually quite self-assured, even though she did have that moment with Jujubee kind of asking for, for advice and, and whatnot. And I wasn't sure when, when that happened, I wasn't sure how genuine that was if I'm being honest or if she maybe she was a little bit starstruck or maybe she was kind of operating to get people on her side I didn't know I didn't know and I'm going to say give her the benefit of the doubt and say it was it was genuine because she's young and she's you know she's been thrown into this bigger kind of pond so to speak I think the conversation that she had about struggling with her gender and thinking that she was trans because you know she was enjoying all the the attention she got for, as blue but not as like that's me read really really genuine and uh, you know and look, the camera can tell us things are true yes sorry you're you're absolutely right that part of the conversation yeah. the initial stages i was like okay i'm not sure oh yeah i think that was just there, a feed for her to get to where she wants to that's kind of how i saw it as well like just to you know do you have advice because here's my here's my experience you know that sort of way here's my yeah yeah exactly yeah it's fair enough she was kind of opening the conversation no i thought that was really insightful and honest and it's hard to to have those conversations and it, it can be hard when it's something that's so personal and so deeply ingrained in you it's really it's that's a tough topic to to open up about and I thought you know that was very honest and very real and I think that you know people will relate to that so that was nice and it is because sometimes listen you know a lot of these shows are are frivolous and fun mm. and you know they're about throwing shade and looks and stuff but they do touch on like 
what Blue did, like some really important topics. And, you know, it's in, it's in the mainstream now, which is great. Yeah, exactly. And, you know, every episode has its mirror moment. And we've heard a lot of, you know, unaccepting dads. And we've heard a lot of, you know, accepting mums. And we've heard, you know, a lot of the stories are repeated. And that's fine because, you know, a lot of queer people have similar shared experiences. But this is actually, you know, for a 25th spinoff of a franchise, that's actually still a relatively new point to hear about and how you're doing something you love and how it can throw you into this gender dysphoria and there was also then a balance of fame as well of you know at the end of the day going back and just being you in a room and you're not getting all this adoration and having to deal with that like you know I could have listened to that conversation for about an hour yeah it is it is quite interesting I do wonder if you know depending on how big they get it can also be their saving grace because it means you kind of retain um you retain a, a part of yourself effectively. So, you know, it's, it is the act versus the person. Um, and, and I don't know, listen, I, I don't know how that works. And I guess it is, especially in the early days when they're establishing themselves and it's, you know, in drag, you're on the high, you're getting all the attention and whatnot. But then when you turn that off, it must be a bit of a challenge as well. Yeah, no, I think that's what I mean. I think blue, I'm quite excited to see what Blue brings to the table in every aspect. Then we have the walkthrough with Rue. There wasn't a whole lot there, but you, you can kind of see who Rue's favourites are. I found in this episode, like roaring, laughing at Baga and Juju and Jimbo, yeah. you know, and then kind of just skipping over the others. <laughs> yeah, yeah, it was it was kind of interesting as well. Like I, I also felt for. I mean, it was Jimbo who got quite emotional, who was saying, mm. oh, my God, you know, yeah. that, I dreamt of that moment. And you kind of forget that some of them have never had, they've never really been on a, an episode or a series with Rue. So that must be quite overwhelming. Um, I, I mean, she knows Juju so well now, you know, like, I mean, they go way back see, and clearly they like each other. And I just think that's nice. And it's in a way the others come in with like a blank slate as well so it's a golden opportunity to to make an impression but i i do think like it's hard to catch up that ground isn't it yeah someone who i thought had a really just stinking attitude in this week's episode was bag of chips like even during the walkthrough is like falling asleep i don't i don't know if they're going to be the villain or something but like i found in the first two episodes I'm not too warm. I haven't warmed to them like I did when I watched them the first time. Well, you see, I'm coming. So I didn't watch the first season. So I'm coming fresh. And I have to say, they have me in stitches. Okay. uh, So many times. But now I can imagine, and the way it's been presented to me is that, yeah, I'm sensing that she's maybe a little bit of it has gone to her head. Mm. Um, And, but I just think so likable. So. Um, so normal like when they were talking about the tube it's like I've been on the tube and they were talking about the tube that's, I just thought that's just brilliant you know like very relatable very relatable yeah. a little bit like um, I don't know there's a touch of uh, Katie Price oh, for, okay. do you know what I mean yeah. it's like it's like what are you talking about or Gemma Collins or one of them you know yeah. they've actually had great success but they still remain who they are mm. yeah see I guess I get that more from Cheryl more so like even I don't know, like in season one, uh, Cheryl did Gemma Collins and Snatch Game. And, you know, she did you watch season three of UK? The one that was on? Yes. Yeah. You know, and she's the sister with Kitty's Got Claws. And the two of them are just a real like 
spark when it comes to pop culture knowledge and i just thought of you know Gemma or cheryl when she cut her finger just like in Gemma collins when she was in big brother and went to peel a peel a potato with a butcher knife and slice right through her finger like it just i i don't know i just get that real just natural you know this is what she'd be like if i was having tea with her in my kitchen you know sort of way like that real naturalness and baga is definitely the same to a certain extent but look where it got cheryl yeah there you go <laughs> She'll be in my kitchen having tea. <laughs> you know what I mean? Yeah, I uh, know. It's, it's, it's the way they cook the crumbles, isn't it? Onto the runway, uh, Daisy May Cooper was a judge. And I don't know how much of her work you know. Like, I watched This Country, the show she wrote, and I saw her on Taskmaster. And I still can't get a read on her, but she was a lot more funny than I thought she would be when I first heard she was announced. I had to Google her, okay. if I'm being honest. I had never encountered her before in my life. Is she an actress and a writer? That's what I gleaned. Yeah, yeah. Um, but she struck me as like I thought she was a comedian by watching her. Uh, I I thought she just went for it, and I was thinking, oh my god! I'd say BBC had an absolute nightmare with some of the stuff that came out of her mouth, and like that. What we saw is obviously the parts that made the made the cuss. I'd be intrigued to see what did yeah. because you know the BBC is still the BBC, so it can be. Um, it, you know, a little bit more restrictive than other networks. I know. But um, I, I, I thought, what did she say? She said about the... about The handlebars. Uh, she wanted a dildo made from them. And she said, I'm sure that'll make me squirt. I think everyone yeah. there just clutched their pearls. I wasn't expecting that, I have to say. No, I thought she was brilliant. Because sometimes, you know, even Mel C last week was, was great. But mm. obviously you know, held back a little bit, I felt, whereas there was no stopping. I don't even remember her name. What's her name? Daisy May Cooper. Daisy, yeah. yeah. There was no stopping Daisy. I mean, I, I loved her, but I can't remember her name. That'll tell you at yeah. all. <laughs> so the three categories in the RuPaul ball were all titles of RuPaul songs. So first round was Kitty Girl, second one was Butch Queen, and the third one is You Wear It Well. So we're going to go through these queen by queen. So first up was Pangina, who gave us a sort of sphinx, wide-eyed cat with loads of sort of teeth. It was a sort of reveal of a coat that you saw the teeth of the cat. The Butch Queen was Lizzie the Second going hunting. Um, and then the third look, she kept saying it was Parisian. I only really saw the netting really that was Parisian. It was like a purple ruched um, material, sort of asymmetrical around the shoulder and then some, some black tights. Which of these from her was your favourite? I like the the uh, Sphinx cast. I just thought it was fun. It was clever. Um, it was over the top, and it still felt like drag. Because I sometimes sometimes feel when when they go too much into costume, it kind of loses the essence of what the show is. But this didn't for me. It really worked. It was you know even with like the, the you know the tits and stuff like that. I just thought it was really good. Um, the second outfit for me, just I know she was trying to show a different side and you know, more personality and stuff. I just kind of didn't get it. I found it a bit boring. Yeah. Um, I know she did the explaining of like, to me, Butch is shooting and the Queen of England is the Queen, thus Butch Queen. But I felt that's like, you know, sort of reverse engineering the the category rather than like, you know, Money Cart who gave us exactly what we were expecting. Yeah, I agree. I agree. And it also was just a bit boring to look at. Like there was nothing... You know, there was no twist or no excitement to it. And even her kind of 
stomping around on the runway with the gun and stuff like that. I just, I was bored after I saw it for 10 seconds. And the, the gun um, and, you looked know, awful as well. I don't know what the gun was made of, but it looked like, I don't know, a pump. <laughs> just... It looked like a pump or something, yeah, attached to some cardboard. Yeah. Um, and then, do you know what? I can't even recall the third outfit, so that'll tell you. Yeah, okay. But it was the purple, you know, and like, that's what I think. It's like, if I don't remember it. Yeah. It didn't sound good. Yeah. Um, yeah, I, I agree. And I mean, like, I didn't look bad. I thought the material looked kind of expensive in the final look. And she had this sort of black net over her face. But yeah, I don't know. It didn't really work. And like you said, the second look, if in, in season one of UK, the Vivian, there was a there was a, a whole runway on the Queen of England. And uh, the Vivian did her hunting in Balmoral. And it just was, it was a better, a better look than this. So it was, yeah. It, when you have that direct comparison, it, just it doesn't, it, it, it always lets you down. Janie was up next. She gave us, I, she said it was Queen Busted or something from Egypt, who was the Queen of Fertility, uh, was the first look. Butch Queen was her orange is the new black inmate look. And then the You Wear It Well was the silvery iridescent catsuit with the sort of lilac um, shoulder piece and cape. Which was your favourite out of these? Um, my favourite was the last one. But I, I thought that was absolutely my favorite look. And you could see even when, when Rue saw it as well, like it was so Rue, it was sleek, it was disco, it was fun. And the silhouette was minimalist. But at the same time, you know, it was the type of outfit that would just grab your attention when it walks into a room. Mm. So I thought that was really, really well, um, well executed and thought about. I think the danger with any of these kind of challenges is you go too far left to center just to make an impact. And sometimes it can be just absolutely awful, as we've seen. Yeah, exactly. And I like it. Ruth has said, I think she said in season 14 as well, and she said it here, um, you know, you don't have to reinvent the wheel, just choose the wheel you're going for. It's kind of like he does. It, this isn't Project Runway. You don't have to create a whole new silhouette. It's just kind of stick to one that works. And that seems to be what Janie was rewarded for as well. Like it fit like a glove. It was very well proportioned. Um, and it, it clearly like denoted the era it was it was going for so it, like it did work, really catch the eye i quite yeah, liked it looked amazing yeah i quite liked the inmate look as well i i thought were the were the legs too short or something on us on them i thought it was a bit strange I, yeah i thought it was ill fitting actually i mean the the essence of it was kind of was good but then i think the proportions were off yeah so it was like the torso felt too long and then the legs and the sleeves were just a little bit out of balance. And then overall, it creates this kind of visual impression of just not fitting right. And so, and it didn't feel feminine to me. Yeah. As a result. Yeah. Do you know? True. Um, so that's that's why I wasn't keen on that one, to be honest. And I think where it could have gone, maybe with a little bit more time and, uh, you know, attention, it could have been super, super slick. Like in terms of if, if it had created fit and feel and silhouette that the final look had managed to achieve for that look it would have been so good and um, i don't know if you can hear it now but you can probably hear i've uh, been joined by a ginger who's a gorgeous chocolate labrador who is just licking licking me to death so if you can hear these funny noises um it's, it's ginger it's nothing to do with me <laughs> <laughs> it's like literally i don't know like i and she's looking at me now going why are you talking about yeah. me <laughs> great name yeah, for a drag queen as yeah, well exactly even chocolate labrador i like that for a drag oh, she's so beautiful um 
and yeah, and then JD's you know Egyptian look. You know, I I took Michelle's point, which was other than the tiny little cat ears, which kind of were more like mouse ears because they were semicircles. Um, you know, it it didn't really read as cat, but I actually quite liked it. I quite liked that sort of Cleopatra style. Yeah, like it didn't offend me. I thought it was cute. I know what Michelle was saying. Like it didn't really hammer home the theme, but at the same time, it it was the theme. So I think I sometimes think Michelle can be a bit a, a bit off when it comes to her fashion uh, feedback, if I'm being honest. I think she's got a look and she's got a vibe and she she wants a certain thing. And if she doesn't get it, I find that she can be a little bit stuck in her ways in terms of what she wants to see. Um, you know, and, and that's valid as well, because this is fashion and fashion choices are just so personal. So at least she tends to stick to her guns so you know what you're going to get. Yeah, exactly. And like... You know, uh, we'll get to Jujubee, I guess. But, you know, Jujubee didn't give us much cat. But I thought that was okay because she went for a kitty girl who was just kind of this good time party girl. And I kind of, like, I, I really enjoy sort of like, you know, I take a step back. How, how else can I interpret this, this runway rather than like, oh, kitty girl, she wants us to dress up like a cat. I don't know. I just find it. I, I was hoping I wasn't going to get eight cat looks and I pretty much got eight cat looks. Yeah, I know what you mean. But then, what are you going to do if it, if it was only one look each? Mm. I think they, you know, they might have been a little bit more experimental and outside the box. But like, if you three categories and one of them is is cats, like, yeah, it's a risk if you don't do it because then you end up maybe not fulfilling the ass. Mm. I mean, that would be my take on it anyway. True. Yeah, I don't know if you were watching season fourteen, but la- in, in the last episode, spring is sprung. I was hoping that I was hoping someone would do like a spring cleaning look, but it was all just like oh. florals for spring. So it was, yeah. Yeah, I mean, but let's put things in context, Keen. You have watched twenty five seasons. <laughs> <laughs> there you go. And also, never done a day of drag in my life. So, <laughs> and I'm here for it. By the way, you're like encyclopedic knowledge. I am here for it, one hundred percent. I'm gonna clip that up, and we're gonna put that on the on the thumbnail. <laughs> next was cheryl anyway cheryl gave us for the kitty girl look it was the white catsuit jumpsuit i don't know uh but like it was like it was actually a cat with a with a with a flimsy pink cape i i felt butch queen this was my favorite from her the yellow and red flame motocross look with the silver wave hair wig which i thought was really nice on her and she had the helmet to match and then the you wear it well hideous orange dress with the leopard print sort of scarf and this i don't know fuzz ball on her shoulder <laughs> and you know yeah, i'm exa- glad she I mean, owned it and said this is one of the worst looks ever but i'm just have to I have to work it out girl and i was like that's the honesty that you get from a british queen yeah and she was you know and that's that's the thing that you kind of fall in love with and i was sad to see her go because she kind of uh, i feel like wears her heart on her sleeve or ill-fitting um sash as the case may be uh i her my favorite look was definitely her second look i thought it was fun it was kind of it was edgy it was a little bit gritty and i kind of got a sense of her personality um i did i did have fun though with her last look when um when they compared it to something that rue wore in the 80s and like yeah you know have a bite everyone else did i just thought that was that was fun and it shows evolution i mean you know Rue didn't pop onto the planet being so fabulous either. Like it's taken 30 years of work and effort and whatnot. So um, 
I appreciated that. Yeah. But yeah, the look was awful. And what did and your what yeah, did, she, what did um, she said? Uh, she I've said had that, lots of friends who've been texting their exes in Weatherstone toilets looking like that. <laughs> I, <laughs> I just thought that was genius. Yeah, that was genius. So quick off the mark. I know. I mean, Cheryl's cat look was very Andrew Lloyd Webber cats. Like it was very, you know, uncanny valley. Very, I don't know, yeah. creepy. I don't know. The, the the weirdness of the cat I thought which I guess you know it's kitty girl you know yeah hits hits the category on the nose but yeah I don't know just doesn't really work for me Jujube was next her kitty girl look was silver and uh, mauve it was kind of futuristic party girl with a sort of I don't, I don't know if it was a scarf it was a lot of sort of mauve sort of fluff around her her neck the Butch Queen, and again, this is, I feel, a bit of a retroactive, you know, really sell it. And I, bu- I bought it up when she said, I'm giving you the balance of, you know, masculinity can be feminine and femininity can be masculine. And it was basically just like a, a power suit uh, with a very flowery blouse underneath it. And then the final look was, I don't know what you'd call that color. It was like a whitey gray uh, and it was a really high slit down the middle and no knickers. Yeah, it's like an iridescent kind of uh, lavender almost, okay. like really, really light. I was, and, and actually that was, that kind of color was like the common thread throughout all the looks, because obviously in the second look, it was the, it was the wig. The first look, it was the, the, the feathers, or the feather bow, I think. Yeah, I just, Juju, ne- Juju needs to up her game, because I just thought all of these looks were lazy. I think the first one didn't, didn't fulfill the ask. The second one just... I get it. I know where you're coming from, but it just didn't look sexy or it didn't look, you know, it didn't grab my attention. And then the third one was fine. But when you see it lined up against everything else, it just felt a little bit um, like it was it just all of them actually felt like they were lacking creativity. Just a little bit. Maybe, you know, Juju B's been around a long time. She's been on a lot of these shows. Maybe she's, you know, taken her eye off the ball. Yeah, and when the judges say it feels like you haven't arrived, I feel that as a viewer as well. Like I, I feel like last week she didn't really try. I didn't really feel this week she really tried. Like the final look, I guess you know she she acknowledges that she can't. So she acknowledges she couldn't. So the three series she's done before, uh, <laughs> this look was very. I when fe- is it going to become time to learn? <laughs> I <know. laughs> I thought this look was very Love Island by the pool and I wasn't mad at it, but I, it kind of annoyed me that she didn't wear any knickers. Like it just, it, it ruined the illusion I kind of felt when you just saw pantyhoe up to the groin and then that's it. Yeah, yeah, it was it was lazy. Yeah. It was lazy. It was all, listen, I can't stow a, sew a stitch, but at the same time, I'm not on RuPaul's Drag Race and I just feel these were lazy. I'm glad that she didn't go home because I do think, you know, I do enjoy watching um, GGB and I, I think her little quips and stuff like that are, are are great. But I need her to get in the game because I kind of feel like she's she's on holiday. She thinks she's on vacation and she threw a few bits in the suitcase and whatever she pulls out at any given moment has to do. And, you know, we we deserve more. We do. <laughs> we are bratty little bottoms when it comes to the track race and we want more. <laughs> but I mean, even like her cat look, she spent all of All Stars 5 talking about her cats in the talking head and she had a real sort of narrative about being an old cat lady and stuff. 
and she didn't bring any of it to to this like she could have just put on like done old drag and met a cat lady like it definitely would have worked for her and given us a hilarious talking head but i don't know should we cut with this yeah and and such like such good fun character that she could do something with mm. but anyway yeah a bit disappointed yes uh jimbo was next kitty girl look was the red and yellow sort of he said liger look with a big red coat the handlebar like hair metal biker look was the butch queen and then the you wear it well was this like really little like little, little mirrors or something they were incredibly shiny and sparkly it was a kind of yellowy gold uh, you know big busty look with jewelry and a big big old updo wig uh which was your favorite here um god i'm trying to I'm trying to get my head around them because actually I think Jimbo has really impressed me if I'm being honest. I think when I saw him at first, um, I, I don't know, I didn't warm, I didn't warm, warm to him immediately. Um, but I think from what I've seen, even in just those two episodes, like he's, he's got talent and he's out to get us. Um, I think my favorite was probably the last one. Hold on, what was the first one again? It was the, the red and yellow one. tiger. Remember there was kind of like, a, was there, was there, teats again across the stomach it was a big red wig mm-hmm. with like knots up the top and then sort of like tiger boobies <laughs> then, Tig- yeah <laughs> yeah i definitely preferred uh, my favorite was the was the last look i mean that's the to be honest that's the only one that jumps out at me that i can still remember without having to look at a picture or whatever so um and i just think it, as well it was it was you know he was mini me uh, RuPaul, which obviously went in a storm, and I think he's very upfront, and he's saying, you know, if I can be a second-rate RuPaul, I'm, I'll die a happy man, <laughs> yeah, or, or drag queen. So um, I think that's that's admirable that he's so honest. Mm. Um, but I think I think so creative, like very creative. Like every time um, Jimbo takes to the catwalk, I'm like. I'm sitting there with high expectations because you just never know what's going to come out. And it's only it's only episode two. So, like, I think if if Jimbo can keep that momentum, we're in for a treat. Yeah. But definitely the last one for me today. Yeah, I think I think it was definitely well, you know, based on some of that they made themselves, it looked just as good as the other two looks that they presented. I guess they are, in my eyes, slightly suffering because their look, the runway look in episode one was so amazing and so out of the box, that black and white sort of chess piece look. It just really that sort of amazing. denotes this absolutely magnificent mind that they have as a drag queen. Um, and, you know, all of these three were a bit... It, it, I think it was okay because we got three looks, but if if it, if Kitty Girl was just a runway category on its own in an episode and we got the, the tiger look, I would have been a bit disappointed, I think. Um, yeah, and that's... I kind of... I kind of feel though as well by having the three looks it does dilute it right because there's only so much time and effort that that any one contestant has so i sometimes prefer when it is just one look because you can feel like all energy and attention is being driven into that so you get a better sense of of you know what's going on definitely and i thought uh you know stroke of genius copying rue's laugh you know rue loved it uh and the hair yeah exactly and then the silence and either the clap like you could tell that they were both having a lot of fun in that moment and that's great to see yeah i mean that's like that's always when this show shines is like when you see those little moments and like even in the in the uh the workroom when there was just the laughter when i think it was with jujubee and they like rue was just cracking up laughing like mm. i just love that because as a viewer then you start to laugh like it is infectious yeah Absolutely. Um, and you kind of feel totally a part of it. Yeah, 
Uh, bag of chips was up next. Her kitty cat, her kitty girl look, I think actually was my favorite, and that was bag of puss as she, you know, squeaked herself across the ground. Her butch queen yeah. was the army uniform with no wig, so that confused me. And then the you wear it well was the uh, shiny pink stoned at the side, sort of radial flower with with rhinestones off the side, made by Pangina heels. Yeah, I mean. <laughs> That was that was the thing there as well. It's like, you know, uh, Bagga just went off and had a nap and potted around the, the workroom uh, while everyone else did the work. And at one point I was going, okay, she she knows what she's doing. She's getting everyone to work for her, and they are. Um, but I definitely think my the my favorite was the first one. Um, I just thought it was the most fun and even how it was presented and, you know, sliding around the the runway Mm -hmm. it was just fun it was very it was very them yeah absolutely and look the only thing i could say positive about the the you wear it well look the shiny pink the shine like that sort of shiny pink with the blonde hair i feel is a very rupaul color palette more so i think in the earlier seasons but i definitely think i could see like that i don't know really bright cerise pink and and a jet blonde wig you know is very rupaul and and actually, like on Rue as well, because Rue's body is yeah. just insane, like cinched to an inch of its of its life. Um, legs that go on forever. Mm. Um, her beautiful, beautiful skin, like it would work so well. So when you, yeah, I think you're right. When you translate it that way, it makes total sense. Yeah, and and Baga has like the absolute opposite body type, which is short little legs. <laughs> and as Monique Hart said, when you cinch, it makes no difference. So. <laughs> I mean, I thought that was so cruel. <laughs> it's like, and that's where I think padding really comes into play. Mm. It's like, you know, uh, when you cinch, it makes no difference. Oh my God, if someone said that to you, you'd just cry, wouldn't yeah, you? Yeah, absolutely. Blue was up next. Her kitty girl look was a sort of lilac robo kitty. I wasn't entirely sure what was going on. The butch queen was the strong man in the circus with the mustache, uh, but also like with a feminine dress. And then the uh, you wear it well look was, uh, I know, crimson, ruby. It was quite a dark red with the puff sleeve and sort of cape on one side. Uh, I thought these were all strong. Which one was your favorite? I thought they were really strong. Um, which one was my favorite? I think the last one was probably my favorite. I mean, I thought they were all strong, but I wasn't mad about any of them. Okay. Do you, do you know what I mean? Mm. Like it was very... It was, it was like, it got, it, it got them through to the next round and they did well and they kind of put a good foot forward. I, you know, none of them were standout to me. Um, but I just think uh, Blue's a very strong contender and is kind of delivering um, week on week. So far, obviously, we're only second week in, but I, yeah, I thought, was, I thought they were okay. Not okay. I mean, I, you know, I wasn't, none of them kind of put me up or down. Yeah. I, I thought the RoboCat, I find sometimes she tries to mix too many things together. Like, I think the RoboCat is, is a good example of it. Like, I'm a robot, I'm a cat, I'm a cartoon character, I'm a, you know, I'm a soap character. There was just so many different things in it that it didn't really feel like any of them. Whereas the strongman look, I thought the concept was really clever because, of course, it's Butch Queen, you know, and it had the dumbbell there and it had the moustache. And you definitely got the reference overall, but then you had the dress that kind of looked like a big top. Yeah, it wasn't particularly, you know, fashionable, I guess, but you definitely got the concept. And then, yeah, I mean, the puff sleeve, it was like kind of, you know, it was just a tick box exercise with the with the sewing. But she looked great. It fit her really, really well. It was stood out. It shows she can sew. So, yeah, they're pretty safe overall. I yeah, think. and... 
pretty safe but like you know strong at the same time safe for all stars i guess so yeah i think that's quite good and um, finally then we have monique who gave us luna the japanese tv show like black cat someone who i was unaware of uh the butch queen gave us like a billy porter as a black panther flat top bondage and leather gear i thought this was fantastic and then finally the green look looked so good in that sketch she showed to rupaul i was so excited <laughs> and then all we got was like a i don't know cobbled together a bit of material and then a massive scrunchie over her arm i thought it was very strange yeah i mean the last look was like poison ivy after a drought yeah <laughs> you know it was like i wanted to see uma thurman you know full-on beautiful green goddess but it was just yeah and you know uh, they held their hands up and it was like this is not my best work yeah we can we all know that let's move on and um, the concept was beautiful and maybe with a little bit more technique and a little bit more time it would have it would have been amazing and i think rue said that as well mm, but um but again, another color palette that works well on Rue, that like light green and then the red hair. Like I've definitely seen Rue in those color palettes. So that did take, you know, you could see that for him as well. Yeah, exactly. And, you know, so that's good because it's it's like it's, again, it's it's fulfilling the brief. Mm. Um, the, the second look, the butch look, I just thought was just so much fun. Yeah. So much fun. Like, you know, it was like, did you say MC Hammer vibes? I said Billy Porter. But MC Hammer really cool. Yeah. It, and, you know, it's just like it, it, it was fun and it was like there was character there and I could see it and I kind of felt very different from everything else we'd seen. And then the the cats, I really liked actually. No, I had no idea what the reference was. I had never heard of Luna. Um, but I thought it was really good. And I love the fact again that they kind of went to the effort of like even, you know, painting their toes. You know, the full thing was black. So I thought I thought it was a good, all in all, it was a good foot forward um, from Monique. I'm just not warming to them at the moment. I don't know what it is. Yeah, I, kind of, I, I don't know if they're building building them up for like a crescendo moment where it's like going to be Phoenix from the ashes and she realizes the the wrongs of her ways and all that type of stuff, or if they just want to be a bit nasty. Mm, I don't know. Just looked up there. Luna's from Sailor Moon, which okay, which is definitely a show I've heard of, but I've never seen. Um, but yeah, I agree with you, and I think that's kind of that's kind of how Monique has kind of operated in the show before. So like in season ten, she kind of never won a challenge. She's kind of cruised by and safe in All Stars four. Okay, she won challenges there, but she's I, she doesn't have that many like gag worthy moments on the show like she's never done a fantastic snatch game or she's never really done like a, a really fantastic look even though i loved her look in last week's episode like she's kind of just like a really really consistently solid queen who kind of kind of won over people in the talking heads so it's kind of giving us that but this time without getting the, the nice part of the personality just the kind of bitchiness so it's hard to know where yeah, she's gonna excel even every time like i kind of noticed this Every time the camera's on her or where she's envisioned, I don't remember seeing her smile once. And I just kind of like, I'm just, I'm, but I kind of feel like I'm not like, oh my God, you're the wicked witch of the West. I kind of feel like, are you okay, hon? Is there something going on? Like, is there something on your mind that you'd really rather be attending to? You mm. know, the way cause sometimes we've all got things going on in our life, but it just kind of feels like uncomfortable. Yeah. The guard is up, you know. We need, yeah. we need, we need that mirror moment. We need that point of vulnerability from from her that we can get get to know her and know that she's, you know, that there's a human in there. Yeah, exactly. 
Baga and Blue were safe. Um, in the top was Pangina, Janie, uh, Jimbo, and Monique, and then in the bottom two was Cheryl and Juju. Would you have if it was if it was Darren Candy's Drag Race? Would you have made any changes? Um, based on looks. Baga would have been at risk if it was based just on the catwalk looks, but on overall kind of presentation and fun, I do think it was the it was the correct bottom two. Um, I do, I, I you know, in fairness, the others had got qualities and things that kind of pushed them over the line. Um, so yeah, so I think it was I think it was fair. I think it was fair, and I was I wasn't surprised like when when. Both of them turned up. I really wasn't surprised, even though I was sad to see Cheryl go because, you know, she's sweet and fun and kind of uh, punching. Punching would be how I describe Cheryl. Like she's always just punching and she's very upfront about it. Um, and so it's kind of sad to see her go from that point of view. But I think all in all, you know, she was probably just a bit of fun filler in, in terms of this episode. My God, that sounds so harsh as well. <laughs> Do you know what I mean? You know, because well, yeah, I mean? it's not her. It's not her expertise sewing, right? You know, so she, yeah, she didn't actually exactly. for a queen who went home. She actually didn't get that much airtime in the episode because they normally get a bit of time to you know when you over. I know that's she, even worse. <laughs> you know, even worse. <laughs> she got more time last week. I I agree with you. You know, when I <laughs> rationalize it back, uh, I think her bag post look was and was like one of the best there and that was enough to save her from the bottom two but i just kind of feel the bad attitude you know not being interested in sewing going to sleep letting someone else take you know taking the credit for someone else's work doing your dress i just think that's bad form and i want to see her in the bottom two for that but i know the judges didn't see that so that's fair enough and they love her because she is great like she is such a great character she is and she yeah she's great sense of humor and and you know like she said why wasn't this snatch game she knows what she's good at and she knows this isn't isn't for her Pangina, there's definitely a case way that she could have been in the in the top, but I think Janie and Jimbo just said had a better, um, you know, look that they made themselves, and that kind of tends to carry more weight in this challenge. So I was happy with the top two. Um, I I'm sort of I'm kind of sort of drawn towards Janie. I feel she sort of hypnotizes me because I think you look at her face and it's kind of so, it's just like emotionlessly happy just really placid like just so zen <laughs> but then i imagine she's just like a duck where she's just like an ink ball of anxiety beneath the surface but yet she's so like i wonder does she have like any sort of formal dance training or something i don't know like she 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 intrigues I love me how you, i love how you say she's like a duck as opposed to a swan <laughs> <laughs> could be worse could be a goose i guess but yeah <laughs> yeah um you're intrigued by yeah i I kind of feel she's going to be a bit of a dark horse. And I, I, you know, the longer that she stays in, I do feel that I'm going to come round to her. I'm still a little bit on the fence. I think week one, she was in the bottom. Week two, she's in the top. Mm-hmm. I kind of think that's that's a really interesting kind of trajectory. Let's see where it goes. So the jury's out. And I think, you know, I think I could be surprised, yeah. So they have to lip sync to RuPaul's Supermodel, which was a fun novelty, because I don't know if you know this, this, I think this is the first time we've ever actually heard Supermodel on the show, because RuPaul doesn't actually own the rights to the song, it's still owned by his own label, mm-hmm. so we've never, what? even though it's his like most iconic song, we've never heard it on the show up until this moment, and I think there's probably a reason why there was a remix to it as well, so it was nice to finally get that moment, and for a RuPaul ball and everything, I thought that was nice. Keen, I am just... <laughs> amazed that you know that like i just think wow that is like i don't think i know that much of it anything. 
that's impressive that's okay, impressive okay. i'm here for it <laughs> um jenny deserved to win the lip sync right she looked fantastic in that like teal and white frill thing that she wore and she danced so well yeah i thought you know i thought it was good i thought e- either one of them was a, a worthy winner and uh i like you know i do le- i do like to see like someone kind of resurrected from the ashes so i'm always i'm always kind of uh rooting for um rooting for someone who's a bit down and i think that like after the last week to come back and win is just is is no easy feat actually yeah absolutely it is no easy feat because it can really rock your confidence mm-hmm. you know and shake you to the core mm-hmm. if you you end up in the in the bottom and you're so close to going so i think you know kudos where kudos is due yeah absolutely um and you know like it's a it, you know she's has some tough competition in there and i think even if she goes home next week the fact that she won a challenge on an international series against some absolute drag race titans I think, you know, fair play to her. You know, it can only go up from here. Yeah, exactly. She can hold her head up high. Uh, Yeah, so she chooses to send home Cheryl. I would be surprised if, you know, Jimbo seems to be playing this sort of aloof character when they win, but I don't know how, like, you'd have to save Juju. Juju's such a legend. I, I, I didn't think there was any suspense going into this reveal. Well, unless someone just really wanted rid of Juju because she is a threat. Mm. I mean, that's that's the possibility, and you know it is a it is a competition so if you were being like incredibly shrewd and you wanted to increase your chances yeah you would you would get rid of the person who's the the greatest competition yeah i think i mean we've seen it before but i think i think jimbo went into that lip sync knowing they had a very slim chance of winning because you know they, they they definitely are better this time and they had that funny death drop at the end. But I think that I I had my, my my money on Janie to win. So it's okay if you eliminate the competition. But if you get stuck having loss and then you have to reveal that you were going to eliminate the competition, that's never a good look. So if Jimbo did never choose Juju, they could be in trouble next week. And sorry, as someone who's a, you know, historically a fan of high hair... <laughs> Um, Jimbo's hair as a man it looks like it's held up by static I mean what yeah. is what's going on there it's quite I was kind of mesmerized watching yeah. it as well that's a little side note I kind of think go Jimbo do you remember those those little uh, I oh, those sweets like the ice gems that's what I kind of like to do when I see it it's just like you know, perfectly yeah. quaffed and everything yeah, it's perfect that's exactly it yeah uh, it's kind of like I was I found myself mesmerized <laughs> who's going to win oh I'm going to say Baga or Juju. Okay. I, I definitely I, I, would have said Juju going into this, but she needs to kick up the arse. Yeah, but I think she might have got it today. Okay. I think she might have got it. So, I, you know, assuming that she she responds to what she's been told, well, then I think she it's hers for the taking. Mm. And if she doesn't, well, she doesn't deserve it. And I just think Baga, yeah. you know, was a bit lazy today. Fair enough. I think Baga is one of those people that literally focuses on her strengths and then when she knows she's not going to win and she's not good at something she literally switches off Mm. which you know i've been you know i've been guilty of doing that at times as well not going to hold it against her i think she shouldn't rub people's noses in it perhaps yeah but i do think she's a strong contender and i just think it would be you know the two of them going head to head would be you know would be a very strong UK versus USA, even though I know that's not what the show's called. Mm. But let's be real, that's what it feels like sometimes. <laughs> yeah, Bagger really brought the energy of this challenge that we all bring when it comes to having to do our taxes. You know, that was the sort of just like, yeah. oh God. 
<laughs> exactly, exactly. <laughs> and like, I just like that again. It's that like it's that complete honesty mm. that I'm I'm drawn to. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, Darren Kennedy, thank you so much for chatting. What do you have coming up that people can can get involved with? Uh, I mean, there's lots coming up at the moment. Um, I think just stay, I guess, up to breast with what I'm doing on Instagram is probably the easiest thing for now because um, it's it's what are we are we February now? Yeah. February, yeah. yeah. So, uh, gearing up for a big year, I have to say. Okay. Um, but let's let's see. Let's see. <laughs> <laughs> really enjoyed it. Um, I shall be tuning in. Keep up the great work. Thank you to Darren for coming on the show. Thank you for listening. Uh, head over to Instagram at sissy.pod to share your thoughts and theories. Head over to headstuffpodcast.com to support us and listen to all our bonus episodes in the workroom. We'll be back with you next Monday for the next episode of season 14. I will talk to you then. See you. I love you. Bye. This show is part of the Headstuff Podcast Network, a hub for the creative and the curious. Shows are produced in association with Headstuff and the Podcast Studios Dublin. Find out more or become a member at headstuffpodcasts.com.